After one win in 19 tests, the McCullum-Stokes era has brought three wins in three against World Test Champions New Zealand. There have been some stunning individual batting and bowling performances, namely Johnny Bairstow and Jack Leach by England in this last month. But the real question is, how good has Stokes' captaincy been and how much of an impact has actually had? Has it really just been the batsman uh, carrying and sort of covering any like mistakes that Ben Stokes has made as a captain? Or has he actually made a, a, a live impact in the game and won some of these uh, key decisions for England that's actually helped them win these last three tests? This is what we'll be answering in this episode of the Completely Cricket Podcast, hosted by Avinash Shailarsan and Zaid Ahmed. So let's start with looking at bowling decisions, these last um, three tests. So these are the first three tests by Ben Stokes in his captaincy. So very crucial. And they are against World Test champions, as I previously mentioned. So it's a, it's a very good opponent. But um, yeah, there were in, in the bowling um, tactics, there were some questionable tactics. But overall, I'd say it's pretty good. So I think uh, what I'd start with is looking at terms of selection of uh, bowlers in the three tests. So first two had Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Board in tandem. And then we had Jack Leach, Matty Potts as well. So that was made the core of the the bowling, and um, yeah, so that that was that was the really key uh, bowling attack, and um, we had Ben Stokes who could bowl part time, obviously, um, Joe Root as well could bowl, and uh, when in the third test when um, Jimmy Anderson had an injury, uh, Jamie Overton came in to replace him. Uh, let's look at just Jamie Overton for a second. Um, forgetting that we had, you know, forgetting his batting performance, but um, we'll talk about that in a bit. Zaid, would you say that uh, bringing in Jamie Overton as a replacement for um, Jimmy Anderson instead of someone like Craig Overton is a good idea? I mean, it's a difficult one. See, the, the, the thing I've seen with Jamie Overton, it's like I don't see anything special about him, to be fair. You know, he, I think he did pick up a wicket or two, but, you know, his economy has been all right. It's been, I think, three or four and over. But I think there's nothing that he's really doing that makes him a, a proper test bowler. I think, you know, someone like Craig Overton, who is a little bit more experienced and I think just a slightly better bowler. I think, you know, uh, Jamie Overton is a bit, you know, sometimes he bowls, you know, some good short balls, but that's more, I mean, it doesn't always work. And I think, especially, you know, what, what we've seen of him, I think. I don't think he's that of an effective bowler. So if I was really the coach or the captain, I'd probably go with someone like Craig Overton or, you know, just, just, I, I don't think, I, I, at the moment, I'm not quite sure Jamie Overton is, you know, a proper test bowler yet. I think you, I, I agree pretty much, but um, two key things to mention. One, that Jamie Overton was just a replacement and with England having like something like six uh, bowlers who would be in their test setup, um, actually injured, uh, or coming back from injury, the, things like people like Chris Wokes, who would have been really good in English conditions, Sam Curran as well, Ollie Stone, Jofra Archer, Sakeem Mahmood. So that's a load of bowlers. Um, they all being injured. I think this is the best that we really had. The thing with Jamie Overton and Craig Overton, really, um, two of both of them won't give you five wicket hauls. Obviously, Jamie Overton first test and Craig Overton played a few. I think they are good, like stand-in players, and they they are. Their, their qualities, they've never been good enough quality to play test cricket regularly, but they are good enough quality to be in the international like setup. So I think that's really the truth. And something, the thing is, is that I wouldn't say Jimmy Anderson and Craig Overton, sorry, 
and Jamie Overton aren't really like for like replacements. Jamie Overton being more like an 85 to 90 mile an hour bowler who bowls short balls regularly. And um, uh, the real like for like replacement would be Craig Overton and Jimmy Anderson. Still not completely like to like because Craig Overton doesn't swing it very much, but that, you know, similar speed, a similar type of bowling, really. So, um, yeah, I think that um, we are going to talk about short ball tactics and soon uh, with Ben Stokes and England, uh, which Jamie Overton was part of. But um, yeah, I think Jamie Overton wasn't the most threatening bowler, but I think he was a pretty okay replacement. I think he was the best that they had at the time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think to be fair, sometimes you just got to like you just got to go with the only option you really have, even if it's not your best, you know, your ideal option. As you mentioned, loads of. Uh, loads of bowlers are injured for the moment uh, for England and to be fair they're still winning matches which is excellent so I guess if you're winning matches and you know the, 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 Jamie Overton mustn't be doing something correct or he, he can't be doing too badly so I guess you know um, his, his nice pace his short ball you know it's not you know the best but you know it's not bad and he's probably yeah the best option that England have at the moment mm. Uh, let's let's actually go on to talk about short ball tactics because um England did use this against Hellenists, especially Tim Southey, who um Tim Southey dealt with the short balls pretty well. He pretty much slogged around England's bowlers for a little bit, you know, scored vital 20s, 30s as well. And he he was a proper, you know, he smashed it around quite a bit. So and the, the people who were bowling those short balls were Stuart Broad, Jamie Overton. They were they were tiring themselves out. It seemed like because short ball short bowling over like a, a spell of a few overs is actually really exhausting for a bowler. And considering they've got a bowl, you know, they've got a bowl probably at least two days out of five, maybe even three. Do you think you know short ball tactics? They they pretty much generated very very few wickets in this in the in the three tests. Do you think if you were approaching? Uh, if you were Ben Stokes and you were approaching um, a tail ender and you wanted to get them out, you know, realistically, would you would you make your bowlers bowl short balls or what would you do instead if you weren't going to bowl, make them bowl short balls? Well, it's probably clear that, you know, loads of pretty much all the fast balls were bowling short balls. You can tell that, you know, Stokes had some sort of plan he wanted to do. Um, so he instructed his bowlers to bowl short balls and it didn't really work. But Stokes is the sort that the captain or sort that player that really wants to go hard. So I guess it wasn't a really bad option, you know. It wasn't, uh, it, it didn't work really. But to, to start with, you know, it, it it doesn't sound too bad, and you know, it's definitely worth trying. But yeah, it does tie bowlers out. You know, you really got to go have that gas to, you know, be able to bowl that short ball and make sure there's enough pace to be able to bounce up, you know, high, you know, onto the batsman's uh, logo, whatever it is, and. I think short balls, if I was a captain, you know, I'd probably try it for a bit. But um, then once I've seen that it's not really working, I'd probably, you know, stick to something like, you know, a bit fuller. And Stuart Broad, he's that sort of bowler to bowl a bit fuller. Uh, sort of that length to hit the splice of the bat. Not not really full, uh, but I think you know, sort of that length to hit the splice of the bat because tail enders, you know, they're not, not going to have the best technique. Uh, so I would get my bowlers to, you know, bowl at hard length. But but not bowling short balls because you know first he wasn't working and also really going to tire their bowlers out. Mm-hmm. I think that brings us on to quite an interesting point actually. So you mentioned how like, if it didn't work you would change to something else. It sort of talks about adaptability and that's something that I think 
you know, I'm not really convinced with England's bowlers. We've obviously there's been quite a lot of mention on, you know, England want to have an express part of pace bowler, just to think not all bowlers saw like Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Bowley bowl, you know, low 80s and bowl like seam it or swing it. You want to have someone else who brings something different. You've looked at Mark Wood, Joffre Archer, Ollie Stone type of bowlers. In terms of adaptability, something that really shocked me, I think, in, in all three tests and both teams dealing with tail enders batting. So Stuart Boyd is an example of, of a batsman who's, you know, scored something 42 off some 25 balls. And New Zealand were just bowling him, like, you know, giving bowling him pies for, the, for Stuart Boyd just to step away and just swing his bat out and score fours. And similar with Tim Salvi in England bowling to him, there was just, you know, they, they, got, um, they got smacked a little bit. You know, it, I think if a batsman is going into you know, T20 mode or, you know, swing at it as much as you can mode, especially a tail ender. I, I, I was surprised I didn't see too many, you know, Yorkers or fuller balls, bowl too short and then go for a really nice full ball. You know, you've got three stumps day, man. If you hit those stumps, especially with tail ender, you, you've got a wicket. Whereas when you're bowling short, it's no, if you, if the batsman completely misses it, it's not out, is it? It's just going to be a dot ball. Uh, I, I saw Stuart Ward go for a couple of slow balls and a couple of York, uh, sorry, not Stuart Ward. Trent Bolt go for a couple of slow balls and a couple of Yorkers. But apart from that, I didn't really see that adaptability in, in any team, especially, you know, especially England, who've got more one-dimensional bowling attack. So how, how important do you think adaptability is as a uh, in, in England's bowling attack? And how big of a concern do you think that is for Ben Stokes at the moment? Well, I think it's a really big factor because if you just have the same bowlers, or, or if you have like uh, different bowlers, but they're bowling the same thing over and over again, then it becomes too predictable. And I think that I think it might have been Jamie Overton or there was someone who was bowling different balls. Um, there was a period of time, in the, uh, I think second test or third test, but I think it might have been Jamie Overton. But there was a bowler that was, um, you know, bowling different balls each um each ball uh each ball you know, he, he wasn't bowling six of the same ball you know being bowling maybe two of this one ball one particular ball and then that just makes it much more unpredictable to the batsmen especially the tail enders don't know what's coming you can't just step away and just swing now because you've actually got to watch the ball and see see where it's going to go so i think adaptability is really important you've got to be able to vary um sometimes you know an option might be if you're bowling the tail enders possibly bowl like a T20, you know, maybe have change up if you can, if you can bowl a slow ball, that's great. But if not, you could try like, you know, as you said, but have a couple of Yorkers in there as Trent Bowl did or get a few short balls or just vary it up a bit. So I just think having that adaptability, um, it really is a big factor because it just makes, like keeps the batsmen the toes because they don't know what's coming. Mm. I think another element as well, just got, leaving the short balls and adaptability, going on to just the Ben Stokes's ideology and as a in, as a bowling unit is giving his bowlers the freedom to attack. And I would say for me, uh, Jack Leach is someone who um, you're know, giving freedom to attack has been really successful. For example, uh, day one uh, in the third test, thirteen overs England had bowled for. They brought Jack Leach on, something that's pretty. You know, surprising in England where it's a swinging ball, you know, they Ben Stokes obviously saw something there. And first ball, he took a, uh, took the wicket, took a wicket. And, you know, that, that's something that, you know, was pretty shocking in terms of, you know, Stokes' decision. And to see that something, you know, there was actually, an, uh, there was some, uh, there was a reward to that decision. It was just a pretty smart captaincy move. And I think that sort of sums up Ben Stokes. He's not willing to 
you know, if, if there's a better approach than the conventional, he will 100% take it. And that sort of forms his, you know, ideology as a, a test captain is that he's willing to do whatever he can to get the wicket, whether it is something different and whether he, whether it might be a bit of a risk, he'll take it and, you know, play on for, for the reward. And I think it's something really, that, that was something that was very, um, a key decision. And um, yeah, uh, also, you know, Jimmy Anderson, Stuart said they've had the freedom to attack more, you know, ball more fuller, don't worry about getting hit, just try and take the wickets early. And with England's bowling attack, you know, being quite weak as such at the moment with, le- with less bowlers available, I think that's something that's really important as well. We haven't really spoke about one key bowler in these three tests, Matty Potts, who's had a pretty stellar test debut so far. You know, in these three tests, he's done very, very well. I think he was a leading wicket taker with something like 14 wickets in these three tests. So, um, so if you look at Matty Potts and his use, uh, but you know, Ben Stokes as a captain using him and how he's bowled in general, what would you say, what are the key elements of Matty Potts, you know, bowling and the way Ben Stokes is using him as a bowler? Well, you know, Matty Potts has been an amazing addition to this England side. So he's not an express pace bowler. He's, you know, he bowls, uh, sort of, you could say medium pace, but, you know, he bowls mid-80s, maybe low-80s. Um, and it's just really that length. And he gets the ball to move. He gets the ball to talk, to be fair, I think. I think, you know, he gets a bit of seam movement on there. Um, he gets a bit of swing if, if, he, if the ball's new enough. Uh, I, think, I think Ben Stokes uses him pretty well. You know, he... Um, yeah, well, when both Jimmy Anderson and uh, Broad are there, then he, 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 I think his first change. Um, otherwise, he opens bowling. And either way, I think, yeah, I think he's a great, you know, you've got to get, you want to have him bowling as as early as possible. Obviously, you've got to make sure your best bowlers are bowling at the top. But Matty Potts, I mean, he's, he's probably coming through. I, I think in the future, you know, he's looking to be, you know, when Anderson and Broad uh, eventually retire, I would think, you know, someone like Ollie Robinson. And Matty Potts could be, you know, leading the bowling attack for England in the future. So I think um, Matty Potts, you know, he's a really good bowler. And I think what makes him really good is the length he bowls. He bowls it a bit full, um, not not hard length. You know, it's sort of um, just just um, just bef- just a little bit less than full. And he gets the ball, you know, a little bit seamed, and he gets lots of edges. He had Kane Williamson out a couple couple times uh, this series. So I think he's a really good bowler. Yeah, I think. Um... Talking about captaincy wise, Ben Stokes has used him very well, putting him on when um, Kane Williamson is uh, in the crease. Even if someone, for example, Joe Rue had taken a wicket the previous over and was looking to bowl his next over against Kane Williamson. But because Kane Williamson was on strike, they brought um, Ben Stokes put Matty Potts in and Matty Potts got Kane Williamson out. I think with Matty Potts, it's just the fact that he's constantly challenging both edges of the bat and he's just put like he's just so relentless. And also, if you were to compare him to Ollie Robinson, I think Ollie Robinson's a bit too, you know, he's a good bowler, but his style is more like uh, slower, a bit more, not loopy, I would say, but just more airtime type of ball. Whereas Matty Potts is very, you know, comes in with a very fast uh, run up and, you know, hit the deck, but he isn't express pacer either. So I, I think he's just a cla- an orthodox pace bowler, Matty Potts, and he's look, he's looking really good. Anyway, let's go on to batting wise, batting related, you know, captaincy decisions. Zaid, what would you say? Any... Uh, there are a lot, few, quite a few significant batting decisions. Um, what would you say? What would you want to start with, Zed, uh, as batting wise? Well, if I'm to sum up just in general how it's gone, I think Stokes is really, I really, really liked how Stokes has captained, in, especially in batting. I think you know overall there have been some sloppy decisions at times, um, just with the bat. But I think just in general how 
um, Stokes, you know, he really likes to attack. And I think that that's what they've been doing sometimes. You know, the, the classic stuff we used to think, you know, Tech Quick is all about leaving the ball, staying in for a while, uh, staying in for long, long periods of time, which is still the case. But now, you know, we're seeing Johnny Bairstow. He's somehow managed to, you know, get the striker above 100. And he's still managing to score big, big runs. And and Stokes as well, you know, he's been scoring 50s. He's been getting them in quick time. It's, it's just that middle order, I think, that's really fired. And also at the top, we've had, obviously, Joe Root's amazing. We all know him. There's nothing much to say about him. But Alex Lees, you know, he's been looking pretty promising. He's been, um, he, he's not like attacking big, but he, he's looking, you know, just like a classical test sort of player. Um, he's been just, just playing his natural game. He's been, you know, just getting a start going. And then Zach Crawley, you know, he, he's been on an up and down series, I think. But in general, I think he's also a good batsman. He likes to attack. So I think just in general, that batting lineup. That that's I think what's changed from the Ashes and you know just in the past year is that looking much more to attack, much more aggressive, rather than just because if if you find yourself you're just blocking or leaving, uh, just to literally that's all you're doing. You might obviously going to do that in Test cricket, but if that's all you're doing, then you when you actually lose the wicket, you're going to find yourself um, you know you're not going to have many runs on the ball. Whereas if you're actually trying to you know play not not slogging, but if you're actually trying you know. Um, get get like some runs and actually play you know look look in, look showing intent so if you, when you're doing that then you're actually going to get some runs and when you do lose the wicket you still have runs on the board so I think that's a really good approach from England and Stokes mm. I think something that I saw as well is Alex Lee's post you know uh, Stokes's captain when Stokes captain is announced in the first three tests you can see he's going for a lot more uh, as an opener playing a lot more not aggressively but more know more intent shown and that's really put off the New Zealand bowlers because they're expecting you know a test bowler uh, sorry test batsman opening batsman very you know not very confident quite defensive you know trying to survive forever but reality is in test cricket this is something I think that is a fact and some people need to accept is that a lot of the balls that are left are wide outside off that in ODI would be hit even and T20 could also be hit these are these are balls that should be hit realistically. Even in the first 20, 30 overs, uh, if the batsman is good enough, they can you know negate the swing and actually hit hit these balls and then wind outside off. And that's what people like Johnny Bairstow, people like Alex Lees have been doing in these last three tests. Anything anything that can be hit that is in the right line length to hit, they will go for it. They don't play with that fear of getting out because. There's a lot more trust in the middle order now. The, the middle order and the, even though like the lower part of the top order, three, four, is all very reliable players. So I think just because there's a lot more trust of your of the the lo, uh, middle order and the lower order as well, that the top order batsmen are just playing with more attacking flair. And what it's doing is boosting their confidence. People at like Alex Lees has looked like, really shaky in his first few tests. But then last couple of tests, uh, especially the, the last two of... Um, the New Zealand series, he's looked. They've he's looked really good. Like he's looked at. He looks comfortable. He looks like he can play any of these. Some of the best bowlers in the world who are bowling at him. So I think that's just really had a huge impact on um, uh, on the performances. And obviously Johnny Bairstow, you know, scored I think two centuries and a fifty as well. They're all three very aggressive. He's going a striker of like one twenty or something. Uh, close to four hundred runs he scored. It's 
people might it might look like he's just slogging it but he he really isn't he's picking up on the balls there's like you know balls that sit up the balls that they'd usually leave just because there could be a, a small threat of getting out and he's hitting them and he's hitting them to right places and he's doing them with such effortless effortlessness and such you know precision that you know it's just it's just pure skill so say would you say that the way people like Bearstow is batting would you say that's you know, is that ruining test cricket? Because that's a, a debate that's going on as well. Or do you think that's just a way that England is sort of revolutionising test cricket? See, a short answer to that is no. I don't think it's ruining test cricket at all. I think, in fact, it's improving test cricket. It's like, obviously, you know, we don't, we, I don't really want to see test cricket become T20 cricket. Obviously, definitely not. Still want it to be five days of cricket, you know, quality, quality cricket. But, you know, I still want to see more um, intent shown by batsmen. You know, like as you said, balls that pe- uh, uh, that batsmen leave in ODI, they're whacked for four or six. And I just think, you know, if you're playing into this is international cricket, so even your number eight or nine, who there's someone like David Willey, of course he's not in the test team, but you know when he when he did play for England, he 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 would bat like nine or like eight or something. But for Yorkshire, he opens the batting. And therefore, you know, in, in, this is in international cricket, if your lower order people can bat high in their county teams, they must have the you know, uh, confidence. Your openers, your top four or five, must have the confidence to be able to play shots. And I think just in test field, I want to see a bit more of that. So I think you know, it's not ruining test cricket, but I just want to see more you know, more intent shown by the batsman, you know, punishing those balls that sometimes are just being left rather than actually being punished. So I think just, isn't, it won't ruin, obviously, you know, what will ruin test cricket if we're just seeing batsmen slog like T20 or just play big shots. But, you know, best though, I haven't seen them slog, like literally slog. I've seen them play, you know, controlled, um, controlled hitting, which is exactly what I think test cricket, you know, needs to improve. Not as much as best has done, but, you know, has wants I want to see a bit more intent in short with uh in the batsman. Mm. I think that's fair, and I think looking forward to the next uh, assignment for Ben Stokes' the Test team uh, is a one-off test against India. The test that was um uh, postponed due to India there being a, a COVID outbreak. And I think India's team. Um, I think we need this type of captaincy. I think we if we we can't change this now. This is the way that Test cricket is going in England. If we keep this, I think we can if we can put the pressure uh, put pressure on for on the World Test Champions um, bowling attack, we can do that for the World Test Champion, uh, the runners-up runners bowling attack. Even though, to be fair, you could say that India's bowling attack are probably better than New Zealand's. That we can put pressure on some of these bowlers like Jasper Bumrah. And, you know, we can really, you know, if we can bat with this well and execute everything, you know, w- with precision, then we should be able to, you know, win any test. And I think that's a mentality that Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum as well. We haven't really talked about him, but both, both of them are bringing to this team. So to overall, I think the real answer is Ben Stokes' captaincy has been really good. It's been really, it's a shift in mentality, a shift in, you know, the way that we're playing. And it's sort of bringing out what the bowlers and batsmen had in them, but they sort of restrained because it's test cricket. So hopefully we can see this continue. And yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the answer to how good has uh, Ben Stokes' captaincy been so far. So yeah, that's the end of this episode. Thank you, Zaid. And yeah, see you on the next one.